Welcome to Inside Inkeeping, a co-production of InPartners and the Association of Independent Hospitality Professionals. This season, we'll be sharing conversations with allied partners and speakers from the AIHP 2019 Knowledge Sharing Summit and Marketplace in Cincinnati. On today's episode, Megan discusses creative ways to staff your property, from J-1 visa students and interns to professional insiders. Enjoy the show and plan to join us in Albuquerque, New Mexico for the 2020 AIHP Summit. Here's your host, Megan Smith. So I am sitting with Andrea Bushweiler from the Lake House Inn and Winery, and she is going to share some information that I think everybody is going to find valuable about creative staffing using J-1 visas, internships, and I know staffing is the conversation I hear the most in this industry. So thank you so much for stopping by. And Andrea did a presentation yesterday at the conference, and I did hear from people how well it was attended oh, and that, it, that. <laughs> that you all gave invaluable information. So thanks for taking the time to share it with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. So we have a large property. So we have about 50 employees year-round, and we bring on another 20 or 30 during the summer season. So staffing's a really big issue for us at our property. Um, and we're located in a summer resort. So J-1 students have been a part of our area for a long time. We actually found out about them because there were other businesses in our area that were getting J-1 students. So we've been in business for about 19 years, and so we've kind of used the J-1 students on and off. There's some pluses and minuses to them. So a J-1 visa student is basically a college student um, in a foreign country. They can apply for a visa to come spend four months in the United States, and it's a work and travel visa. So they have to get a job. They have to be working. But it gives them the opportunity to travel in the United States. So for us, being in a summer resort, it works really good because they'll come and stay like June through September, which is exactly our time period. And for us with college students, they're usually gone by the middle of August, and we're still busy through the end of September. Quickly, what state are you in? We're in Ohio. Ohio, okay. All the way in the very northeast corner of Ohio, um, right on Lake Erie. We're in a summer resort, so it's great to have the students because they can be there for those four months, and they're able to work when we're losing all of the college students that come and work for us. These students are still around. These students want to work. They want to work at least 40 hours. Most of them, at least in our experience, they get a second job somewhere else. So they're working full-time at one place, and they're working part-time somewhere else because they want to make as much money as they possibly can while they're there during the summer. So what country do you mostly recruit from? We use a program called CCUSA, and these kids are from all over the place. Um, A lot of kids from, like, Slovakia area. The last time we did it, we had a girl from China, Romania, and those kinds of countries. So it's a lot of, like, the Eastern European countries are where they come from. And then China seems to be, the Asian countries seem to be growing a little bit more as well. So I was talking to somebody yesterday from the Cape Cod area, and she said they get most of theirs from Jamaica. So it's interesting. Oh, interesting. We've had a girl before from Jamaica, but it's not very prevalent. seems like in our area, a lot of them are coming from Eastern Europe. And it might, it might just be the program that they're using to Right. It would be to interesting recruit. to find out. Maybe I'll track her down and interview her. Mm-hmm. So why don't you share with me also about the internship programs you've set up and okay. how, how you've gone about that. Sure. So we have a local college that's down the street from us that has a hospitality program. And so I actually serve on an advisory committee with that college, with that program. And so I'm very fortunate that I kind of get the in because we have meetings a couple <laughs> times a year and the professor are there and so they share with us what's going on and so they do some really cool things with their internships and even beyond really internships so some of the classes in the hospitality they require an internship so it gives you the opportunity to hire somebody to kind of come in 
Um, like we just hired a girl that's going to be doing an internship this summer. She needs to get in 400 hours. So it's going to be a paid internship. We're going to pay her. She wants to do events. So she's going to work a little bit with me. Um, I'm going to have her working some events. And then we're going to put her at the front desk as well. So she's a college student. She's in the hospitality program. So she's in the industry, going into the industry that we're in. And it gives us the opportunity to put her in a couple different places and fill her in. And we've done that a couple of times. We've had some interns that have come in. So we've used them like for events or um, the other thing you can do with an intern is like if you have a project that you're working on, like you want to write a manual or you want to do a big event that you need help planning, they're there for, you know, over a semester or summer. And so you can use them to, instead of having to use one of your other staff or hiring somebody full time, Mm -hmm. you can use this person just for a couple of months to help you get through that. The other cool thing that they do at our college Um, with the hospitality program is they let us know what classes they're offering the next semester and they want to partner and so I haven't taken advantage of it personally but I know businesses that have they've gone in and a marketing class put a social media program together for a local wine bar or they put together a special event for another local business and then all of that staff went to that event and they worked that event so again it's a way to you know it's hands-on experience for them and in that case you're not paying those students so students are coming into your business on you know every once in a while with the class and so they create a project that they work on that's part of their class project or you know um, their curriculum for that semester and so you get these kids who are extremely motivated who want to um, go into this industry and so they can do something for you so I think that's a really really clever way to take advantage of the college students exactly so do you go to any of the bigger universities and recruit like Michigan State or Purdue we don't partially because we can't provide accommodations on our Uh property. And that's the biggest issue with J-1 students is you have to provide accommodations for them. And it's a real struggle, at least in our area. We don't have anything on site where they can stay. And so when we try to do interns, we try to stick with people that either go to the local college because it's a small college and so they usually live in town. Um, There's no one on the campus. Or um, like the girl that we're hiring for the summer She's from our region, so she's mm-hmm. coming home for the summer, so she has a place Commute. to stay, yeah. So where do your J-1 visa holders live? Oh, they've lived in all different kinds of places. We try to find some kind of cabin or house or something in the area. If they have to be nearby because they don't have driver's licenses, or they have driver's licenses, but they don't have cars, and we don't have public transportation in our town. So we try to find some place that's within walking distance, or we'll give them bicycles that they can ride bikes. Um, and so we've been fortunate. We've been able to find houses, and they pay rent to stay there. But where it's difficult is they're probably not staying in the highest quality places because Nobody wants to rent to them for three months, four months, when you could get you know really good money for those rentals on the weekends or weekly yeah, rentals. Yeah, Airbnb and exactly, that's exactly. So that's pro- that's for us has always been the biggest challenge is finding the housing for them. Have you thought of building some kind of a dormitory or no? Not us personally. Um, I've been involved in some conversations with the college that's down the street because they don't have any dorms and we've had some conversations of could they build dorms to use for their students during the year and then we would use them in the summer for the j1s but nothing's ever really come out of that yeah it's that that is an issue i mean i know that in vermont now when resorts expand they have to build affordable housing for potential employees whether they're j1 visa or they're yeah i know um Cedar Point is in Ohio. Mm-hmm. It's on the other side of the lake. It's a couple hours from us, but I'm sure that they have housing that they've had because I can't imagine how many students they have to hire in the summer. Yes. And they, exactly. I, I'm sure they're getting lots of the J-1 visa students mm-hmm. as well because they're the same way. Their season doesn't end 
Labor so Day. One of the other issues I hear, and I just wonder if you have any experience with it. Do you have a culinary school or do you have so, secrets for recruiting oh, culinary no, people? That is the hardest place to recruit yeah. right now. Back of the house is so difficult. So the hospitality program is a hospitality slash culinary program. We haven't had a lot of luck recruiting students from that, partially because we're right next door to a 110-room hotel. We have a full-service restaurant, but they have a restaurant also. And so I think people think that going to that restaurant is better than coming to ours, and so we've struggled a little bit. Um, you drive through our town and you see help wanted back of the house signs everywhere. Yes. And our area keeps growing. So there's more and more restaurants and wineries opening. And so there's just not enough people. Actually, the interesting thing that got started in Cleveland is a gentleman started a program where he trains ex-convicts mm-hmm. and he trains them back of the house. And we did try to do that program last year and it fell through because we have kids that work for us. And so we couldn't have anybody. On the sexual predator Yes, yeah, sexual predators. Thank yeah. you. That's what yeah. we couldn't have. And yeah, so and that's, through. and that's, um, I just read about a hotel that's opening in Vermont that to get a grant to help with the building of the hotel, they've committed to working with rehabilitating people. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be a great program yeah. because it's a small town. Again, every, as soon as they said they're going to open a hotel there, everybody's thought goes to where are they going to get the staff? Because all the restaurants exactly. have the help wanted signs Exactly. Out. I think that's a great place to go because Back of the house, especially the back of the house of a restaurant, it doesn't pay super high. It doesn't take skill. It's learned skill. Yeah. So you take somebody that's coming back into the community, yeah. that that's an easy way for them to get into it. So. Yeah, and then they, you can grow so much from that. I exactly. Mean, you talk to everybody you talk to that is successful in the world started somewhere exactly. in, you know, <laughs> exactly. washing dishes. I mean, I've done it all. And every time I learned something more about myself, about the world, about what I didn't want to do for the rest of my life. Exactly. It's a great exactly. jumping board for um, a career in hospitality. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for this information. I know the J-1 visa conversation in the communities I'm exposed to has been pretty tense because of the recent immigration changes Yeah, and I haven't seen anything change in our area, but that doesn't mean that it will. Yeah. But I think if it does, it's going to be a huge deficit because there just aren't other people to hire. Exactly. We're not taking those jobs away from anybody else. Right. It's growth. I mean, exactly. it's going to stunt growth. So if, would you mind giving out your in, con, contact um, your oh, email? Sure. So if somebody had some questions, they could reach oh, out. Of course. So it's um, Andrea, A-N-D-R-E-A, at thelakehousein.com. Well, thanks so much for sharing this information and for stopping by. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. have with me Gail Kyle from Interim Innkeepers Network, and we are going to talk about how all of you innkeepers out there can get some well-deserved time off while you turn your inn over to a true professional. So why don't you talk to me a little bit about just your overview of your business, how you got started, and what you hope to accomplish. Thank you, Megan. Um, I am this year's president of the Interim Innkeepers Network. And this is a network that has a history of about 16 years as a, a nonprofit legally organized network. And it is comprised of folks who run inns while you're away. We have individuals and we have couples that do it. They are usually seasoned professionals. Most of them did come from either an in-sitting or an in-owning background. 
I would say probably half of the people who are insiders at some point had owned an inn or a B&B in their lifetime. And the others had either inset or had experience in the hospitality industry that would very much relate to owning and operating an inn. We have people that are uh, in all parts of the United States. We're separated by region on our website. However, that doesn't mean that an individual who's listed in that area only work in that area. Many of our insiders travel throughout the United States. They like to travel, they like meeting new people, and they're all filled with genuine hospitality. Do you feel like when they're hired for their region, if you are broken out by region, do people feel more comfortable hiring somebody they think might be more familiar with the area that they're in, or do they just expect an in-sitter to learn what they need to learn about the area before they come? I think that the expectation should be that they'll learn about Mm -hmm. your area before they come there. Okay. They totally familiarize themselves with it because, as you know, uh, being in an industry like this, you have to be able to tell people where to eat, where to play, where to go, where to enjoy themselves while you're in the area. Uh, so I don't think that that's a barrier at all. It's just being broken down by region is just where you actually are located as far as where you live. Okay. But it does not mean there's any limitation as to where you're willing to travel. As you contact interim innkeepers, and we'll cover how you can do that in a few minutes, I'm sure, you know, the thing to do is just ask. Post an assignment no matter where, and, you know, they're willing to travel anywhere. There are some people who prefer to stay in their region or even in their state. Generally, that will be in their short bio for each individual uh, insider on our website. So you said you've been 16 years. The organization's been going. Are you feeling growth? Are you seeing growth every year? Are people getting less reluctant to bringing someone in and going away, or is it still a barrier? I think people are getting more familiar with this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that people are realizing that they may love what they do as an in-sitter or an in-owner or B&B owner, but they get burnt out very, very quickly. And one of the reasons that they do um, is because they never get any time off. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very difficult to trust someone with your business in any business. But that business may be particularly because it is a 24-7 business. And um, it's hard to walk away from that and just leave and go away for a few days. So before we talk about the hows, how people use your website and how they go about it, right now you have an audience of innkeepers. What do you say to them to get them to get on that website and make that jump, which we will then tell them how to do? Okay. I just basically ask the question when they do travel, because we all travel, and even when you have an inn, you travel. But guess how a lot of innkeepers travel? They take their work with them, and I don't see that that's a break or a vacation. A lot of times you come back from from a trip like that just as stressed as before you went. Mm -hmm. Another thing that innkeepers should think about, B&B owners, is when you close your inn, you're closing out your cash register, basically. Uh, You may have rooms booked in the future, but I have yet to sit a place that I didn't take a lot of reservations while I was there Mm -hmm. or answer questions that's going to lead to reservation. And that's the sort of thing, you know, we're trying to do. And the people that are showing up at the door, you know, we try to fill your shoes. And we do have to know what size you wear sometimes. So with a, a person you choose to hire to come in to sit your in, you need to have a good discussion with them about what the expectations are. And hopefully you'll reach a really good comfort level with each other and you feel like you're leaving there in a good place. And, you know, the third reason that I think people are hiring uh, innkeepers more and more is it gives property protection 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Someone is there. 
it's not an electronic system watching your place. Mm -hmm. Someone's actually there. They're answering the phone. They're taking care of your business. <laughs> I like to say, I'm making my business to mind your business while I'm away. <laughs> now, that's that. the only time I want to mind your business, but I will try my best <laughs> to mind your business while, <laughs> while you're away. And I think most of us feel that way, absolutely. So those of you that do this, do you find that you get repeat business? So absolutely. once somebody's comfortable with you, then they're more comfortable to travel. And I'm just envisioning people <coughs> listening to this thinking, oh, my goodness, I could get the same person to come every six months so we could get away. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, if you wanted to be or you needed to be away for a long period of time, um, a lot of us work directly with another incident that we're very comfortable with that work in our, in our style. Mm -hmm. So we can, you know, we can follow each other. As a matter of fact, I'm in the process of doing this. I've been doing this for almost a year with someone, on and off, on and off. But I have other in assignments, so this person comes in when I can't come in, and it works out extremely well. It's a situation that the individual that owns the inn is not living there right now for various reasons, so she needs to have constant in-sitters. So, mm -hmm. yeah, once people are comfortable with you, you're going to get repeat business. Yeah. So there's so many different innkeeping softwares out there. I think this would be the thing that would scare me, is how could somebody come in and understand my rooms, understand my reservation system? How do you approach that? You ask for a day of orientation, or you should. Most of us, though, are familiar with the systems that are in place now. Most of them operate the same basic way. Each one of them has their own specialty or idiosyncrasy, whatever you want to call it. But you sit down with the owner and you go over that system so that you understand it and you feel comfortable with it. And it seems like now it's probably better with the systems, electronic systems, versus back in the day when you answered the phone and you had to be able to describe the rooms and there weren't websites or there weren't, you know, details as readily available to somebody who's done some research before they even call an in. Sure. So it an in-sitter doesn't have to answer as many questions. We don't, but I can tell you the phone rings a lot. Mm -hmm. I can speak for myself. Personally, I think all of us are like this. Um, our goal is for you to have a successful time away from your in, and we don't want you to lose money. Therefore, if someone calls, we're going to try our best to sell a room. Mm -hmm. You still get a lot of phone inquiries. Um, you get people that are looking at your website while they're calling you. And they have some more detailed questions they want to ask you or about your policy that maybe they don't understand. That can be a deal breaker if you're not there, if you're not there to answer those questions. They'll they're call the next They're just going to call the next in and Absolutely. whatever's close by, they're going to call it and they'll, they'll take your business, basically. We upsell a lot. You know, if I got mm -hmm. someone on the phone, you know, I, I, the first thing I'm going to ask them after I get the basic information is, you know, is this a special occasion, a special event? And, you know, try to upsell, try to get some more money in your, in your cash register, so to speak. The system questions, they've answering the phone, that sort of thing, um, even though we like to think we're really truly in an electronic age, and we are, of yes. course. We wouldn't be doing this if we weren't. <laughs> you know, it's still a people-to-people -people business. Yes, it is. And we have to keep that in mind. People come to inns because they want to connect, and I am convinced of that. The more I sit, I owned an inn for many, many years, uh, the more I realize it's a connection as much as anything. Maybe they're just reconnecting with, with each other. Yeah. And you need to be aware of that sometimes. But a lot of times it's because they're interested in the area. They're interested in meeting people in the area. Mm -hmm. And they know most of the time they're going to encounter that in a B&B or an N. Yes, and that innkeeper or interim innkeeper needs to be ready to fill that role. And it sounds to me like that's part of the deal with you all. It's so someone decides they want to engage, tell us how they do that. First thing they should do is go to our website, mm -hmm. which is interiminkeepers.net. 
and from there you'll find a wealth of information about us individually. You can find out a little bit about the organization that we just talked about, how we were formed and what we're all about. Uh, then there is a list of find an innkeeper and we're all broken out by region and we're mm -hmm. broken out by our names, the name of our company because we're all independent. By that I mean we make our own contracts, we make our own deals. Mm -hmm. It's purely a listing service. We do vet people a little bit by asking for references and uh, the fact that they should have worked, you know, in the industry, not just, you know, they had oh, before to you have, let them become oh, interim innkeepers, you vet before them. They can, before they can be listed to the network, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, we want to check the references and make sure that they would qualify, in fact, to sit an in. But, you know, it's listed, and by each name, you can click there. You can find out a, a, a bio, a short bio about them, where they're located, their telephone number, their email address, if you want to contact them. And from there, most of us have websites that you can click through the website, and that even gives a better picture of who mm -hmm. we are and where we are. We have availability calendars available. Sometimes they're not as updated as they might be, so if you see someone that interests you, give them a call anyway. Yeah. Uh, because if you're like me, sometimes you just don't think about <laughs> updating that calendar. The other way is on our website, there is a button right near the top that you can click that says post an assignment. You can click that and there is a form you can fill out giving details about the time you need to be off, what you're in is like, how many rooms it is. You'll see it's got several questions on it. That will go to all 44 of us. It does not go to the general public. It's not visible to anyone. Each of us get an email saying mm -hmm. this has been posted. And so we're, we can either contact you by phone or email, however you prefer. Uh, we encourage people to, to post that because if they give enough details about what they're looking for, they're going to get some responses for it. Well, it sounds like such a great resource. I mean, I, you know, as people are owning ends longer and hitting different life stages, like when my, we had our kids, we didn't necessarily leave the inn and go away. But once we, our kids were gone and we were still in keeping, we loved to go away for a week or two alone. And I wish the inner innkeepers would have been around then because it certainly would have been a resource I would have used. Yeah, it, it is great. Um, you know, I, I also had an inn for many years and mm -hmm. I raised my children mostly through their teenage years while I had an inn. And as adults now, they tell me I, I have regrets because I never left it with them really that much. Um, because what we could take off was generally in the winter and they were in school based on where our inn was located. And I can honestly admit, probably because I love in-sitting and I love the hospitality industry so much, that if I had known about in-sitters at the time, even though I had staff, yes. we had a fairly large inn, I would have hired an in-sitter mm -hmm. to come in and spend more time. And yes. I certainly wouldn't have burned out as quickly as I did. Yeah, I 13 years later, I burned out. I just said, I can't do this anymore. That was us. It was so interesting that we, when we drive, Arian was in Vermont, and we drive around Vermont now, we'll say, oh, remember when we went there for two days? We Just the other day, we were driving up the Stowe Mountain Road, and my husband said, you remember we stayed at that inn? And, and it was just two days, because that was all our staff could cover. We never right. thought of leaving for longer than right. that. And, you know, that, when especially I think when your livelihood is helping people enjoy their time away, you have to kind of refresh your memory of what it feels like. Yeah, and you know what? There's nothing better when you've inset for someone who's been on a really nice trip or just gotten away. Maybe they just did a stay vacation almost yeah. in, in something local. Maybe they went to another inn and mm -hmm. stayed for a week or so. And the relaxation and the calmness that's on their face when they walk back through yeah. that door is worth a billion dollars to me. Yeah. So I think it's, it's a great industry to be in. 
I did want to say one thing. When you're looking at us, I've had a couple of people say to me, well, I'm not so sure about, about hiring someone who owned an inn because I feel like they're set in their ways. They think that they're going to run <laughs> my inn while I'm away like they ran their inn. And uh, this sounds like sort of a funny analogy, but let's say it's kind of like, I think most of us have shed our skin about owning our own inns. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we go in expecting to operate your inn while you're away. It has nothing to do with what we did before or what we did at another inn. This is your personal inn, and we take it very personally that we will try to run it the way that you want it. Well, I just want to touch one more point before I strongly encourage everyone out there to get on your website and take a look and start dreaming about their next time away. What should be included in the contract? What should people be thinking about? Or what are the topics that are covered in a contract when someone's in-sitting? Well, fees are, num are number one. And that's mm -hmm. a big question. <laughs> that's the elephant in the room sometimes people don't want to talk about or think about like, okay, how much is this going to cost me? We're all independent. Therefore, mm -hmm. we all set our own fees. We have uh, some folks that do just a flat daily rate. Uh, we have people who will do a percentage of the rooms. We have people who will do a percentage of the rooms plus the amount that they would charge for a cleaning and maybe a flat fee too with that. It, and it varies. I don't think there's any in-sitter who just has a flat rate. That's it. I can only speak of myself. I feel comfortable more speaking of myself because I know what I do. For instance, I charge flat rate. And my goal is to try to do the best job I can where you still will net some money from that day that I'm taking out. I take a look at what your rates are and I adjust my rate according to what your daily rate is. So yeah. you still have net from that. Good. That daily well, rate. That makes sense. And I think most of us do that because we realize it's a business for you too. And um, do interim innkeepers clean rooms and do all the things that um, that innkeepers do or do they That again is up to that? the individual mm -hmm. and I personally We'll do a few rooms if it's a quick turn that mm -hmm. I can do. I prefer to have a housekeeper on staff mm -hmm. to do that. And most places do. They have someone that will come in. But, that's again, that's something you negotiate with the person you're speaking with. The other thing that's in a contract, you were asking me about that, we cover uh, if there's an orientation day. I prefer to have a day of orientation where I come in and sit with you, learn your system, learn exactly what you do. We also have a form that we're more than willing to send to you so that you can list everything that we probably need to know, even down to where do you keep extra food or keys or emergency numbers and that sort of thing. Uh, pretty much a detail form. Uh, we either go over that with you during orientation or, in my case, we talk about it at the time we, we do our contract. And uh, we put in things like if you're willing to pet sit. All of that's all talked about that's in the contract. That's what I said. We need to know the size shoe you wear mm -hmm. so we know what your expectations are. Your expectations are actually put into that contract, those that we have agreed to so that everybody's very clear on what they're supposed to do while they're there. What a wonderful service. I'm sure for you it's very rewarding as well. <laughs> and I hope everybody out there listening will start thinking about their next getaway and using this valuable resource that can imagine is just becoming more and more of a demand for what you all are doing. So thank you for your time today and good luck at the show. Well, thank you, Megan. I've enjoyed this. I'm always willing to talk about it because I love what I do. Conversations from this episode were recorded at the AIHP 2019 Knowledge Sharing Summit and Marketplace. We hope you'll join us at the 2020 Summit in Albuquerque, New Mexico, February 24th through the 27th. 
Inside In Keeping is a co-production of In Partners and the Association of Independent and Hospitality Professionals. Our theme music was composed and performed by Jacob Ungerleiter, and our show was engineered by Eben Viennes.